premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible, as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Ruciello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Well, hey there, folks. This is Joe Ruciello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this Sunday edition of the Sword of the Spirit podcast, folks. Man, I was looking forward to this. I could not wait to get down here and sit down in front of the computer open up the mic, open up the Word of God, grab some coffee, some water, and just spend this Sunday afternoon with you. Thank you for tuning in, folks. We have a, we have a really good message coming up for you today. We're going to be talking about condemnation, condemnation versus judgment. And we'll get into that in just a few minutes. But before we do, I'm going to ask you to do two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, sortofthespiritpodcast.com, and go over to our contact section, fill out the little web form there, and send us over a message. Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, concerns, and also your prayer requests. I look forward to getting them every day. Uh, you can also email me directly at info at sortofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at sortofthespiritpodcast.com. And also, while you're on the website, would you please look for the Support This Podcast button? And would you please consider supporting us with a small monthly, con monthly contribution? You can set that up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. You could also make a one-time contribution by clicking on the Waygiver button, which is also on the website, because I know that the economy is hard for everybody. We're dealing with uh, in ridiculous inflation, gas prices, fuel, uh, energy prices, you name it. It's, everything is just up across the board. I was reading a, a statistic somewhere along the way. I think it's like 485% increase in inflation since this current administration took office two years ago, or almost two years ago. So uh, I know it's hard, folks, but if you could afford a, a small contribution, it could be, like we said, $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month for a recurring contribution or a one-time contribution of any amount that you could give through the Waygiver app on our website. So pray about it. If the Lord leads you to do so, uh, if these podcasts and these live shows have been a blessing to you in any way, or if, you, and, or if you'd like to be an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very long way, and I would be so, so thankful for it. And of course, as always, uh, I'd like to say thank you, first and foremost, to the Lord Jesus Christ for giving me this opportunity to serve Him and for allowing me uh, to do this with you every week. It's been a tremendous blessing to me. It really has, and I hope it's been a blessing to you as well. 
And I'd also like to say thank you to our current supporters, those of you who support us prayerfully. Your prayers mean so much to me, folks. They really do. And I am so thankful to get those, especially when I get the emails with those simple words, I'm praying for you. I'd like to say thanks, of course, to uh, Brother Kurt, who's in the chat room right now. Oh, by the way, the chat room is open and ready to go. Uh, Brother Kurt's in there already. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody else is. If anybody else is, you could just jump on in and say hello. Uh, but uh, Brother Kurt's one of those who uh, is, a, is a great source of encouragement to me, and I, I appreciate him, and I appreciate the ministry that he, uh, that he functions in. So, of course, thank you to, to uh, all of you who support us prayerfully. Thank you, of course, to everybody who already supports us financially. Uh, your, your contributions go a very, very long way. They do. Uh, we are very close to being able to, to make those purchases that I've told you about, uh, getting the cases of Bibles so that we can have those to give out to anybody who asks. And uh, so I'm excited to do that. And, uh, of course, to, I want to say thank you to everybody, every single one of you who tune in on a regular basis who don't miss a show. I mean, I have, uh, believe me, I know who's listening and who's not, especially if you're signed in on apps like Good Pods and whatnot. And uh, I don't mean it to sound like ominous or anything like I'm watching you, but uh, I appreciate those of you who are listening in faithfully every single week who are just, you're just a tremendous encouragement to me. And by you doing that, you keep us up on the, on the algorithms. You keep us up in those uh, search results. So thank you to every single one of you, those of you, again, who support us prayerfully, financially, and who just listen in every single show that we do. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're a blessing to me. God bless you. Now, folks, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, would you please consider visiting us at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, you can always visit the church's Facebook page. Just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And then, of course, once you're there, you're going to find a lot of really good, helpful information and also episodes of this podcast. But, of course, wherever you're listening, very important, wherever you're listening, be sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. That does several things for us. First of all, it helps us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is, first and foremost, should be on our minds. Secondly, it helps with the algorithms. Uh, by liking, subscribing, sharing it, you know, giving us a five-star rating if you feel we deserve one, all of that, when, when folks go into their search engines and they, they, they're looking for a, a Bible-believing Bible study or, uh, or a, a live show, we come up in the search results. And uh, that'll get more people to listen in and, of course, to hear the gospel as we lay it out to them. So like, subscribe, share, five-star reviews. Make sure you're getting it out to your friends, your family, and your followers and help us spread the gospel. And y'all, don't forget, don't forget, you have a very specific ministry within your surroundings. You, are a, you have a mission field that nobody else has access to. So I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you, 
get yourself some gospel tracks. There are places you can get some excellent gospel tracks for free. For free. Uh, there's the Fellowship Tract League. It's a place that I, I get tracks from all the time. I do contribute to their ministry, though. Uh, but you don't have to. If you don't have it and you can't afford to do it, they'll send you as many tracks as they possibly can at no charge. So grab yourself some gospel tracks. Uh, talk to your friends about the Lord Jesus Christ. Talk to your family about the Lord Jesus Christ, your coworkers. You have a very unique sphere of influence. You have a, a sphere of influence that nobody else really can reach. So by doing those simple little things, giving out gospel tracts, uh, referring folks over to uh, Bible study programs like ours or, or any other Bible-believing uh, Bible study podcast, live broadcast, you're spreading the gospel. Get the gospel out, folks. It's so important today. It, it's, it's the most important thing you can do. And again, you have a very unique sphere of influence. That's your mission field. Remember, the key thing is, is that we have to win the lost at all cost. We have to win the lost at all cost. The Lord Jesus Christ is standing at the door. I personally believe that his coming is more imminent today than it was yesterday, the day before that, 2,000 years ago. I truly believe in my heart that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be back in my lifetime, in your lifetime. That's why it is so extremely important right now, folks, to get the gospel out. So please, get yourself some tracks. Hand them out. Talk to your family. Talk to your friends, your coworkers, everyone that you come across. Every soul that you see walking down the street is a soul that you could talk to about the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to do that. We have to do that. All right, folks, we're going to go on to a couple of quick announcements here. Uh, first, Thursday night Bible study. We've been going through the five T's. So what are the five T's, you might be asking? Well, the five T's are First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, and Titus. So we're up to First Timothy, and we'll be getting into chapter number five uh, coming up on uh, this Thursday, Lord willing. And so we're looking forward to seeing you there. So that's at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, our Thursday night Bible study. Uh, folks, if you're interested in prepping, uh, Contra Radio Network, I can't recommend them enough. The Contra Radio Network is a, a, uh, is a radio network dedicated to prepping and, and issues along those lines. You can check them out on crn.best. And, of course, on all of your major podcasting platforms. And we're very thankful that we have partnered up with CRN uh, and that they are rebroadcasting our live shows and our podcast episodes uh, on their website. So you can check them out. You'll find us there as well. CRN uh, is, again, a great resource if you're interested in prepping. All right. Uh, also, don't forget, coming up this week uh, is the Mighty Righty Podcast. So what's the Mighty Righty Podcast? Well, that's the podcast that I'll be doing starting next week, uh, in addition to this one, where we're going to be talking about politics, commentary, opinion, and um, things of that nature. And, of course, we're starting this particular week because it's election week. <laughs> I shouldn't say it that way, but uh, it's probably what it's going to end up becoming. 
Uh, election day is Tuesday. If you haven't voted yet, I suggest that uh, you make it a point to vote. Uh, I voted last week for the first time ever, uh, early voting. It feels weird to do that because... You know, I feel like I'm not doing something right. <laughs> you know, I feel like I, you know, I'm I'm used to going down to the polling place on election day itself. But uh, it was a great experience. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I know in a lot of places you hear these horror stories of waiting in long lines and so on and so forth. But down here in uh, in Eagle Pass, where we go vote, uh, no line. I was literally literally in and out of there in about ten fifteen minutes. I think. I think I spent more time with them checking my ID and finding me in the voter rolls than I did actually going over the ballot and uh, submitting it. So if you haven't voted, folks, make sure you vote. I know you hear this every every election cycle says the same thing. And I know this isn't a, a political talk show. Uh, this is a, a Bible study. This is our Sunday service. But um, I know you hear this everywhere you go. Uh, this is the most important midterm election of our life. Uh, yeah, I, I would I would think it is. Uh, if you look at what the platforms are between the two parties, um, you have the Democrats are desperately, desperately trying to retain power so they can push forward this really uh, devilish agenda that they have. You know, where they are, uh, you know, on, on the abortion issue, on uh, national sovereignty. And you say, well, how national sovereignty? Well, with open borders, you're, you're eroding your national sovereignty by uh, kowtowing to the United Nations and kowtowing to foreign governments and organizations like the World Economic Forum and so on and so forth. You're, you're, you're jeopardizing your national sovereignty. You're putting that up on the chopping block, and, and that's not the good thing. Now, in the light of the Bible, in the light of Scripture, in the light of prophecy, it's necessary for national sovereignty to be eroded away. That way it can set the stage for the one-world government. So things are marching along. The Lord's moving the chess pieces around the board. So all of this is coming as per Scripture. Uh, but, folks, you still need to be involved. You still need to get out and vote. You still need to be uh, have a voice in your representative government, not in your democracy, because our country is not a democracy. Our country is a representative republic. And uh, if you want more information on that, check out the Mighty Writing Podcast when it comes out starting next week. We'll get into that a little bit more. All right, folks, uh, don't forget also for uh, if you want to get programming, programming announcements, in other words, ep updates for episodes of the show, whether it's for, um, you know, programming changes, time changes, or if we're not going to be able to, to have a show uh, for whatever reason, uh, we'll be sending out notifications through the programming announcements uh, email so all you need to do is go over to the subscription box on our website. You fill that out, and you'll get on the mailing list, and uh, you'll start getting those notifications uh, with the next broadcast. Um, now, I'm not selling your information. It's not going anywhere. It's staying with me. Uh, but we will also uh, we will not be sending you out tons of emails. You'll be getting just a couple every week from us. Uh, so... If you want to be involved in that, you know, please go over to the programming announcements subscription box on the website, fill it out, and send it over. All right, last announcement before we go to our first break for the uh, for the afternoon. Uh, 
Our last one is if you haven't been to our website recently or really if you've been there and just haven't really looked around much, we have a new tab on the website called uh, Sword Schwag. Now, I know. Um, you, you can go onto that. You can click on that tab. You go on that page, and you're going to find uh, a few items there that we have available for contributions. Okay, so we have our uh, ceramic Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mug. Uh, it's a really nice one. Uh, it has the the uh, cover art for the podcast on the front. On the back is a really nice scripture verse uh, from Ephesians chapter six, verse seventeen. And you can get one of those for a $25 contribution. Uh, there's only two left. There's only two left. Uh, so if you haven't gotten yours yet and you really like to get one, now's the time to do it. Just go over there. Just click over on. Just click on the uh, email button. Send me an email with your mailing address, and I'll tell you how to uh, submit your contribution. And uh, we'll get that out to you right away. Also, uh, if you're interested, there for a $35 contribution, there are the Sword of the Spirit podcast black T-shirts with our uh, secondary logo on the left front uh, breast. That is a $35 contribution. Same process. Just click the email button there. Let me know if you're interested in one with your mailing address, and I'll let you know how to send your uh, contribution out for that. Uh, those take a little bit longer to get, so um, just so you're aware of that, uh, because uh, I don't keep them in stock here with me uh, where I am, but I have those ordered specifically for the person ordering. So just head on over there to the Sword Swag tab on our website, and, uh, and you can find those items there and available to you. All right. Well, we've gotten through the announcements, a little couple of little flubs here or there, but I think we pretty much made it through in one piece. So what we're going to do here now is we're going to take our first break of the afternoon. And then when we get back, we'll get into our prayer list, take another break, and then get into our message on condemnation versus judgment. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening! I 
Amen, amen, and amen. Folks, welcome back to the Soar the Spirit podcast. We're going to be getting into our prayer list in just a moment. The uh, chat group is open if anybody's on and interested in getting involved there. You got Brother Kurt, uh, Brother Jason just signed in, and Robert's here as well. So welcome, Robert. Welcome, Jason. Brother Kurt, it's always good to see you. And uh, we're going to be getting over into our prayer list right about now. Now, this is Sunday, so we kind of go through it a little bit more detailed. Uh, so, uh, of course, the first thing that we always do is we look for those folks that are in need of salvation. So uh, today we're going to continue to pray for my mom, Diane. Uh, she needs to be saved. My sister, Laura. My granddaughter, Carmela. And uh, David in New York City. Now, I uh, just a little update on David. I had sent him an email uh two days ago, three days ago, and uh, unusual that he hasn't responded. Usually he, he answers pretty quickly. So we also want to pray for David. Uh, I'm not sure if there's anything going on, if he's all right, but um, tried calling him too. I just, uh, he didn't pick up and he doesn't use a cell phone, so it's hard to text. So uh, we're going to continue to pray for David and uh, as well. So uh, if you have any prayer requests regarding salvation, please uh, forward them over to us. And we will make sure that we um, that we get them included on the list here. So, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the gifts that you've given us. In particular, the gift of salvation through the precious blood of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we want to thank you so much that uh, because of his sacrifice, we can have a place in heaven with you for eternity. Father God, we just today want to lift up my mom, Diane, uh, my sister, Laura, my granddaughter, Carmela, and David, for salvation. Father God, they need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that, uh, that if they're listening today, that they might come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Father, I pray that you would raise up someone uh, nearby that can come and speak to them about their need of salvation for the Lord Je- through the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we just commit this to you. We ask you in your mercy and in your grace to draw them to yourselves, Father God, impress upon them through the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, that they would reach out to you. They would call unto you to be saved. And we will thank you and we will praise you for it. In the precious name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. All right, folks, again, if you have anybody, anybody that you know that needs to be saved, uh, this would be the time, Lord, right now. Let them speak to them. You need to talk to them. You need to let them know that now is the day of salvation, that all they have to do is call upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and they will be saved. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible promises. It's as simple as that. You need to be saved. No work that you do, nothing that you do is good enough to get you into heaven. Nothing. You can be baptized a thousand times over. You could go to a particular church, take the cookie that they give you, drink the alcohol that they give you, and it's not going to save you. You can sit in front of a priest and you can confess all of your sins and you can have him, him, mind you, absolve you of those sins but that's not going to get you into heaven. 
You can say all the Hail Mother prayers you want. It's not going to get you into heaven. The only thing that's going to get you into heaven is putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you can go to some holy city and walk in circles around some object. It's not going to save you. The only thing that saves you is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can say all the prayers you want. The only prayer, the only prayer that God's going to hear is the prayer that you ask him to save you. So why don't you do it? What's holding you back? What's keeping you from doing it? Is it your pride? No, I can do this myself. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need anything. Any, I, I, can get, I can take care of my own salvation. I'm good. Really? <laughs> I don't find that anywhere in Scripture. What's holding you back? Now is the day of salvation. Now is the, the appropriate time. Why don't you get saved today? It's so simple. All you need to do is just bow your head, close your eyes, and just tell the Lord, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner on my way to on my way to an eternal hell. But Lord, I don't want to go to hell. Lord, I'm asking you to wash me, to cleanse me with the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wash away my sin. Let me not look back upon it. Lord, save me. Save me and let me have a place in heaven with you. That's all you need to do. And if you prayed a prayer like that or similar to that, just let me know. Let me know. Shoot me an email. Info at SwordOfTheSpiritPodcast.com and let me rejoice with you in your salvation. So folks, you need to get saved. All right, we're going to continue to pray for Pastor Martin. <clears throat> Pastor Martin is uh, uh, truly uh, an inspirational person for me in my life, at least. Pastor Martin is uh, 88 years old. Pastor Martin still, to this day, reads 10 chapters out of his Bible every day, even though he can barely see. Uh, even despite all of the health concerns that Pastor Martin has, he still goes out every single week and he street preaches. What a blessing that is. A life of service to the Lord Jesus Christ. And honestly, shame on us because... I, I I can speak for myself. I'm I'm a fairly healthy guy, and I'm considerably younger than Pastor Martin. And I I know for a fact that there's more that I could do for the Lord Jesus Christ than what I'm currently doing. And to know that this man, despite all of the infirmities that he's dealing dealing with, that he's out there street preaching on a weekly basis. I mean, good night. Shame on me, and shame on you. So we're going to pray for Pastor Martin, for his health, 
for his eyesight. We're going to pray for him for his blood pressure. Uh, we're going to pray for him uh, for his everyday aches and pains, and uh, we're just going to lift him up to you. We're also uh, continuing to pray for my mom for her health issues. Uh, Bernice. Bernice is uh, one of the sisters in our church, and she has been struggling with cancer uh, for as long as I've been a part of that church. And um, she's currently going through another round of chemotherapy, and so we're going to lift her up in prayer. Um, from what I understand, um, she's doing a little bit better uh, through the through this round of treatment. But we want to pray for her, and we want to make sure that uh, that uh, you know we're going to ask the Lord to give her grace. We're going to ask the Lord to bring bring healing to her body, and we're going to make sure that we put Bernice on our prayer list every single time as we have been, and we're going to keep her on that list until such time as we're told uh, that we could take her off. So, uh, Heavenly Father, we want to pray for Bernice as well. We want to pray for, uh, for the chemotherapy that she's going through. We pray, Lord, that you would just touch her body, you'd bring healing, that you would just touch her with grace, give her what she needs, Lord, to endure as she's going through these treatments. And Father, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're also going to pray for Alan, who's going through prostate cancer right now, who's dealing with prostate cancer. Uh, uh, he's going to be going for some surgery, which will be coming up. And so we're going to pray that uh, that the surgeons, will, their hands will be guided by the Lord and that um, and that uh, the effusive course of treatments will be uh, appropriate for Alan and his concern. We're also going to pray for Adam. Adam is uh, Bernice's husband. Adam is not feeling well today. He's under the weather. He's running a fever. So we're going to pray for him as well. Uh, Kalani, we're still praying for Kalani uh, for her health concern. Uh, June Hall uh, it ha- it has taken a fall. She's currently living at a nursing home. Uh, she has fallen down, and she had some injuries from that, so we're going to pray for a healing there. And then we're also going to pray for uh, Janae. Janae uh, is having problems with her heart, and um, uh, she has a, a doctor's appointment coming up uh, sometime this week that uh, they're going to be looking at that and seeing what they can do in order to help her out there. And there's a couple of other issues there as well, but uh, unfortunately I didn't write them down when uh, I was told about them. So uh, we're just going gonna, gonna to just pray for, uh, for her heart and for the other health concerns that she has. So Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we ask uh, prayer for those that are on our sick list. We ask for prayers for Pastor Martin, Lord. We ask for you to, to touch him, touch his life. Lord, we're thankful for him, for his life of service to the Lord. Lord, we pray that you would just help him with his eyesight as he, uh, as he opens and studies the Word of God every day. Lord, we ask you to give him strength as he goes out to street preach every week. Lord, we just pray that uh, you would help him adjust to his blood pressure problems with the medications that he's on and all the other health issues that uh, he has told me about. Father, we pray that uh, you would just touch him and bring healing and bring comfort and give him grace. Father, we also want to pray for my mom. Uh, for her continuing health issues. We pray that you would just touch her, not only for salvation, but for physical healing as well. Father, we also, again, pray for Bernice and for the treatments that she's undergoing. We pray, Lord, for the doctors, that uh, you would guide them as they as they treat her. And, Lord, we'll, we'll be thankful when she's able to get back home uh, this week to her family. Lord, we also pray for uh, Alan, who's struggling with prostate cancer, we understand that there's a surgery coming up. Lord, we just pray that you would just touch him and guide the hands of the surgeons as they uh, work to remove the cancer from his body. And Lord, that you would uh, 
of course, Lord, that uh, you would provide him with the grace and the strength that he needs to, uh, to endure these treatments and the surgeries. Father, we're going to pray for Adam, uh, who is home running a fever. Lord, we pray that you would just uh, help him feel better, that you would uh, break the fever, and Lord, that it wouldn't be something that would uh, set him behind uh, too much. We're going to lift up Kehlani as well, Father, for her health concerns. Uh, June Hall, uh, suffering the injuries from her fall. We just lift her up to you as well. And, of course, Lord, we want to pray for Janae, uh, who is uh, undergoing some heart problems, and for her upcoming doctor's appointment and the other health issues that she's experiencing. Father, we just commit all of these to you, and we ask you to bless them with your healing hand as the great physician, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm also going to ask for prayer for myself. Um, I don't know if you could tell, but my voice is kind of scratchy, and I'm kind of struggling a little bit here uh, from time to time. So, Lord, we want to pray for my voice. Lord, uh, give me what I need to uh, to work through this prayer list and to get through our, our message later on in the show. And, Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm just going to take a second here and just grab some tea, if you don't mind out of my Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mug. Mm. I'm telling you, green tea with honey and some fresh lime juice really hits the spot. Really hits the spot, especially with a sore throat. All right, moving down our uh, prayer list, we're going to get over to, uh, let's see. All right, Jude. Jude is asking for prayer for his business back in New York. Uh, George, we have an update for George with his contracts with uh, the City of Eagle Pass. They have been approved, and so things are working along well right there for George. So we're going to be thankful to the Lord for that, and we're going to pray for uh, for continued success in his business as well. Robert, Robert is a National Guardsman who is serving on the border here uh, in Eagle Pass, and we're going to pray for him. We're going to pray for his protection, for his safety. Uh, we're going to pray that uh, he'll be able to get home to see his family soon and for the training that he's been undergoing. So we're going to lift up Robert to you. We're also going to pray for uh, for Angel, uh, who's pregnant. We're going to pray for uh, Isabella, uh, for her walk with the Lord. Jessica is asking for prayer for an upcoming job opportunity. Trevor, Trevor, you might remember, Trevor is... Uh, a young man who contacted me and let us know that uh, he got saved after listening to a couple of episodes of our podcast. I think it was Are You Saved and uh, God's Judgment. And so we're thankful for Trevor. We're thankful that he's still here reaching out to us. And uh, Trevor, if, uh, if you're in the chat group at all, uh, just let us know if you received the Bible that we sent you and, um, and how things are going there with that. If you have any questions whatsoever, you could always reach out to me. Uh, Tony B is asking for a witnessing opportunity at his job, which is always a great prayer request to have. And uh, we're going to also be praying for all of our National Guardsmen, Border Patrol agents, and state law enforcement officers that are working on the border, as well as our local law enforcement officers that are working here in the city. And we're going to lift them up to you as uh, it's up to the Lord as well. So Heavenly Father... Uh, in going through our list here, Lord, we want to lift up Jude uh, in New York uh, for his business as a contractor. We want to pray. We want to pray for George as well. Uh, we're thankful, Lord, that the, the uh, contracts were approved with the city here, and we pray that you would continue to uh, bless George and his business. We're going to lift up Brother Robert to you as well. 
for his service down on the uh, on the border here in Eagle Pass and for his colleagues. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would just grant them protection and safety, that you would hedge them about from harm. And Lord, that you would give Robert opportunities to uh, witness for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, we're also going to lift up Angel, who's going through her pregnancy. We pray for a uh, for a full-term pregnancy, a healthy baby. And, Lord, we're thankful uh, for Angel, for her husband Alex as well, as being part of our church. Lord, we also want to pray for Isabella, who is uh, asking for prayer for her walk in the Lord, for Jessica for a job opportunity. Lord, we lift these up to you. Uh, for Trevor, we're thankful for Trevor, and we ask uh, you would just bless him with his walk in the Lord. And also for Tony, for an opportunity to witness at the workplace. Father, we thank you for all of these, and we ask you to bless it. Lord, we ask you to answer these prayers according to your will for them, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And then, of course, we have the uh, unspoken prayer requests. Um, So we're going to be praying for... uh, Let's see. Eduardo Rodriguez has asked for uh, an unspoken prayer request. Uh, Dan has asked also for an unspoken prayer request. And Jim Hall has an unspoken prayer request as well. Heavenly Father, for these unspoken prayer requests, Lord, we just pray that um, you who are the discerner of all things knows exactly what these needs are and exactly how it needs to be addressed and handled. So, Father, we just ask that you would please just answer their prayers according to your perfect will for their lives, and that, Lord, you would give them grace, strength, and you would show mercy where mercy is needed. And, Lord, we just commit these things to you, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, folks, if you have any prayer requests, uh, please don't forget to email them to us at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and I'll be sure to get them onto the prayer list uh, and run through them on Thursday night and, of course, the more detailed on Sunday afternoon. All right, folks, so we don't have any questions, any listener questions that we're going to get to today. So we're going to take our next break, and uh, that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, grab yourself your cup of coffee, a bottle of water, maybe some tea like myself. And when we come back, we'll be getting into today's study or today's message, rather, on condemnation versus judgment. And we'll be right back. Don't go away. Because his love cannot 
the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you food to support you and comfort to cheer you it is the traveler's map the pilgrim's staff the pilot's compass the soldier's sword and the Christian's character Christ is its subject our good its design and the glory of God its end it should fill the memory rule the heart 
and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Um, so uh, while we're on the break there, uh, Brother Martin's just sent me a message about in the chat group asking to pray for his for himself and his ministry. So let's do that right now. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, uh, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Lord, we want to thank you for Brother Kurt. And we ask you, Lord, uh, for this need that he has posted in the chat group. Uh, to pray for him and pray for his ministry. Lord, you know exactly what those needs are, and we just pray that um, that you would uh, just look upon him with favor, and Lord, that you would just answer his prayer according to your will, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so somebody had emailed me um, and asked me about that piece that I had just played about the King James Bible and asked me why I play it every episode. Well, the reason I do and I try to do it right before we get into the message or the Bible study, is to kind of just put the our position of the King James Bible in the proper perspective before we get started, and just how important it is to us here at the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and how important it should be to the, uh, to the Bible believer. Uh, the King James Bible is the preserved, inspired, perfect Word of God for us in the English language, and my intention by by playing it there is to help us get into the proper spirit and attitude uh, going into the study. So uh, I hope that answers your question. And uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I completely forgot when I was going through the uh, opening of the show there with uh, the question section to put it in there, but it came up on my screen here. So uh, that's the reason. And uh, I, I hope that you find it a blessing, as much of a blessing as I do. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, there were times I just kind of put that on, you know, just my own personal edification without, you know, being on the air or anything. But uh, I hope that answers your question, and I hope that helps you to get into the right attitude and spirit of the moment as we go into our study. So uh, would you please take your Bibles and turn with me over to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. We're going to get into this message here today on condemnation versus judgment. Romans chapter 14, and we're going to begin in verse 22. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the thing which he alloweth. So happy is something that people want, and yet, frankly, they're not. Right? Would you, would you agree with that? That happy is something that people want to be, but they're generally not. A brief look at the book of Proverbs alone, though, demonstrates that God is really interested in our happiness. So let's take a look at that. Head over to Proverbs. I'm going to go over to Proverbs chapter 3. I just I don't want you to take my word for it. That's the thing. And, you know, Proverbs 3, uh, Proverbs itself, and just in general, in the verses we're going to look at, are really going to demonstrate it. But Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to begin in verse number 13. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 13. 
Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. All right, chapter 14. Let's go over to chapter 14 and verse 21. He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. All right, chapter 16, verse 20. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. Chapter 28. Chapter 28, verse 14. Happy is the man that feareth alway, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. Chapter 29. Chapter 29 and verse 18. Where there, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And then finally, let's go up to Psalms. We're going to go to Psalm 148. Psalm, I'm sorry, Psalm 144. Psalm 144 and verse 15. Psalm 144 and verse 15. Happy is that people that is such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Let's pray. Father, as we examine this afternoon, in the next few moments, happiness, in the context of the discussion, I pray that you would give us a little insight. It's clear that you want your people to be happy. You designed a program for them to be happy, and so we would like to take advantage of it and that you would give us that insight. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, every one of those verses would legitimately constitute a sermon in themselves. I'm convinced of that. Absolutely. Every one of them would initiate a spectrum of happiness in the heart and in the mind of, of the believer. But I want us to concentrate our attention on one particular thing. And that is back over in our original text in Romans chapter 14. So if you, if you have your Bible there, go back to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. We're going to look at several things in the chapter. Uh, but once again, we're going to start Romans 14 and verse 22. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the thing which he alloweth. People that are constantly and perpetually condemning themselves are really not very happy people. Wouldn't you agree? Happiness. Happiness and condemnation really don't go together. They're not synonyms in any way. If you're going to be happy, somehow you have to learn how to escape condemnation and particularly self-condemnation. So let's see what the chapter is really discussing here. Let's get this verse in the setting of the context, all right? After all, I've told you this before, a text without a context is a pretext, pretext. All right, so let's go back to verse 7, verse 7, Romans 14, verse 7. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. So the idea of the verse is that there's a sphere of influence that we all have, that we all generate, and we have, we have to have some consciousness of the people that are around us. Verse 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall 
all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So the idea is that we need to spend more time judging ourselves and less time judging the brethren. You know, looking at our own lives, looking at our own hearts. Right? Verse 13, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. And then finally, look at verse 16. Let not your good be evil spoken of. So the first area of condemnation that a lot of people will fall prey to is a failure in their friendships, a failure in friendships. When we fail, and people do fail in relationships and friendships, and friendships don't we? Don't we all? I mean, life, life is strewn with failures. It's a junkyard of interpersonal relationships. That's why you read over in the Ten Commandments, you know, the first four deal with the relationship between you and God. The next six deal with your relationship between man to man. Life is cluttered with failed relationships. It could be a failed marriage and an ensuing divorce. It may be a failed friendship or a dysfunctional family. I had a friend of mine tell me recently, somewhat in a jest, but, and it was humorous, but it bore its point. He said that when he finally learned what dysfunctional meant, that it was actually a step up for his family. You know, come on, folks, you have to have a little humor in some of this, all right? Life has a lot of failed relationships. So what's the idea of the thing? Well, it's this. Do you spend the rest of your lives condemning yourselves for those failures? If you do, you won't be happy. There's no happiness associated with perpetual condemnation of those failures. When we fail, should we just, you know, merrily go on our way with no thought of repentance or reconstruction? No, no, not at all. Quite to the contrary, actually. Do you know what we are told to do? We're told not to condemn ourselves, but we're told to judge ourselves. There's a tremendous difference between condemnation and judgment. Now, you know, many athletic events that uh, you've viewed as a spectator or maybe you've even participated in, they all have judges, don't they? We call them subjective as opposed to objective. Uh, some, of them is, some of them are subjective events. Uh, in other words, they're dependent upon judges. For example, I was channel flipping one Saturday afternoon, and I came across one of those bull riding competitions. Uh, you know, uh, a guy sits on a bull for eight seconds, and then there are judges that say, you know, whether or not he should be awarded a certain number of points for his eight seconds on the bull. That's a subjective thing. And it's the judge that determines how many points he's awarded. Now, there are some people out there, and I don't know why, but there are some people out there that don't like figure skating. <laughs> okay? That's a subjective thing. It's totally dependent upon the subjective opinion of a judge. And then you know, like gymnastics, you know, things like that. It's totally dependent upon a judge. Now, in some sports, a judge determines parts of it. For example, in baseball. There's an umpire. Is the umpire that says whether it's a strike or it's a ball? Is the umpire that says whether you're safe or you're out? But it's not the umpire who pitches your bats. You follow? So it has a little bit of both. So when you consider these things, judging is something we're all accustomed to.
all of us. It's something we're all very used to. We understand what it means. The Bible says that we are to judge ourselves. We're to judge ourselves. Look with me over in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now, when that guy is riding the bull and he scores a 67 and he needed an 85 to win the Nationals, uh, and then he realizes that he fell short by scoring a 67, well, what's the first thing he's going to do? Well, if he condemns himself and says, well, I'm just a no-good, lousy bull rider, I'll never make it. I'm never going to amount to anything. Then there's really no hope of improvement, is there? Conversely, if he judges himself and begins to analyze the ride and asks, well, what could I do better? How can I improve it? What little changes could I make? You know, it, it could be the slightest little nuance. It could be the tiniest little thing. But if he analyzes it. You know, I remember when I played baseball and I played football, I played hockey uh, in, in school and in private leagues. I, we, we would often videotape the games. Yeah, we would do tape. Yeah, videotapes. That's how old I am. Okay. We would often videotape the games. And then we'd watch them over and over again to see what we did wrong. Why? Was it to condemn ourselves? No, not at all. It was, to, it was to judge ourselves. We did that so that we might make an improvement and do better the next time. Boxers do that all the time, don't they? They'll watch a video of their fight over and over and over again to see what they could do better the next time they fight. Is that condemning? Well, no, not at all. That's judging themselves. Judging themselves. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 31. For if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Did you get that? God is telling you that there's a difference between condemnation and judgment. Folks, as a believer, you are under no condemnation. That's been taken care of. It's been settled. It's been solved. Jesus Christ took your condemnation for you. So if you condemn yourself, according to our text, you're unhappy. Should you judge yourself? Absolutely. By saying, look, I failed. I failed in past relationships. What can I do better? What could I change? What can I fix? What can I rearrange? And we all need to do that. We all need to do that. But that's not all. Let's go back to Romans. Let's go back to Romans chapter 8 and verse number 34. Romans chapter 8, verse 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. The second thing that people condemn themselves for is failures in the flesh. Failures in the flesh. Well, how do you know that? We'll go back to verse 1 of chapter 8. Let's once again establish a context very, very carefully. Now in verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now someone's going to say, wait a minute. It says who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 
it still seems like there's a little leeway built into that. So if a guy is walking after the flesh, he's going to suffer condemnation. But, but you see, what you need to do is you need to keep reading. Always keep reading. Let's go down to verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, uh-huh. but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Does the Spirit of God dwell in you? Are you saved? Have you been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise? Has the Holy Spirit been given as an earnest in your behalf? Well, then you're in the Spirit, folks. You get that thing right there? But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man not have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, what God is doing is telling us a theological fact that has absolutely nothing to do with your feelings whatsoever. As a matter of fact, this little theological nugget is contradictory and diametrically opposed to how you feel most of the time. It says, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. Do you feel that way? Do you know what you have to do? You have to believe what God says. God's looking at the thing from his perspective, not yours. And wouldn't rather, and wouldn't, Rather you know, wouldn't you rather know what God says about it than what you think about it or what you feel about it? You see, when God looks down at you over the banister of glory and sees you covered with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, he, is, he no longer views you as a condemned sinner, but rather he views that stuff right there, this flesh, that gives us such a problem, and he says, that stuff's dead. Now, it doesn't feel dead to me. It says, I want, I want, I need, I need. Anybody, are you guys familiar with like Roku and things like that? Uh, for those of you that aren't, uh, it's a small box that you hook up to your, te- your, up to your television and you can get streaming internet programs. Well, I, I was flipping through some of those religious channels and I came across John Hagee on one of them. Now, I don't agree with, with the guy on all of his theology, but he's a good preacher, okay? He's a good preacher. I like to hear him preach. I enjoy his preaching. I'm talking about his style, all right? Um, he, he was talking about the struggle, essentially, in, in, in this particular message between the flesh and the spirit. And I got a kick out of it because he, oh, he didn't waffle to satisfy his own flesh. Do, do you know who John Hagee is? I mean, he has to be at least 100 pounds overweight. But he dresses well. <laughs> he does. He dresses well. Uh, one of the illustrations that he used was something that I was able to relate to in my house. He said, when you're on that third bowl of ice cream, and I thought, well, there's a man that knows about the third bowl of ice cream. And he said, your, your, your conscience is telling you no, but your flesh is telling you Yes. And then you kind of go back and forth and back and forth. And he said, which one is going to win? And he had the crowd respond. And it was really quite amusing. About half of them said, the ice cream. That's the deal, see? Now, God looks at the flesh. And because that thing has been covered by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, from his point of view, it's dead. It's dead. There isn't any sense in condemning 
the failures of your flesh. Judge? Absolutely. But when you judge, it's a very different thing. Very different thing. Let me give you the 1828 Webster's Dictionary definition of condemnation. And I'm telling you, if you don't have a Webster's 1828 Dictionary, you must, must get yourself a Webster's 1828 Dictionary. I love the 1828 Dictionary. I love the fact that the dictionary uses Scripture to, um, to help de- define the points. It's, you're going to find words in that, in that dictionary that you're not going to find in a modern contemporary dictionary. It's a better dictionary. But here's the 1828 dictionary, uh, Webster's Dictionary definition of condemnation. The act of condemning the judicial act of declaring one guilty and dooming him to punishment. Do you know what Jesus said? He said, I'm not guilty. And why am I not guilty? Because I know in my heart that I'm, I'm guilty and I deserve hell. Why am I not guilty? Because he took all my guilt for me. He took it all for me. That's why I'm not guilty. However, should I judge the failures? Absolutely. But there's a difference. There's a difference. And here's some more good news. Look with me over in, chapter, in verse 21 of chapter 8. Verse 21 of chapter 8. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Realize that creation, okay? Now, here's a time when I can use this word, shares your bondage. Creation is cursed too, and it's operating under an umbrella of bondage. I mean, that's why we have all the difficulties in creation that we have. There is one to help you with your infirmities. Everything that goes on out there, that goes haywire in creation, you think about the natural world around us, you know, hurricanes come through and they bring up all kinds of damage, you know, flooding, loss of life, you know, volcanoes blow. That's all creation out of whack. Drought, famine, pestilence, and on and on and on. It's all creation out of whack. It's not climate change. It's not global warming. It's creation groaning. It's creation out of whack. It's creation. Realize that creation shares the bondage that you presently sense with this flesh. It's kind of like you're chained to this old man, right? And you'd like to get away from him. You know, he's rude, he's obnoxious, and he's demanding, isn't he? He's just demanding all the time. He's saying, I want, I want, I need, I need. Kind of like Bob walking around with a goldfish hanging around his neck. If you don't know the reference, never mind. Now look down in verse 26. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, folks, you and I have failures in friendships, failures in the flesh, and it will fail. And how many of you had your, your, your flesh fail in your thought life, in your appetite, in your vocabulary, all within the last week? 
Sure you have. Sure you have. And if you don't admit to it, you're a liar. But should I just sit around and condemn myself for those failures? You know, woe is me. I'm just a no good for nothing deadbeat. I'll never amount to anything. No. You're under no condemnation, Romans 8.1 says. Judge yourself? Yes. There's a possibility of a 10. I only got a 6.5 on that one, but I know I can get a 7.3. That's judging yourself, right? That's what it is. That's not condemnation. Condemned people are not happy people. You know, it would be very difficult to go down death row in a prison and find a bunch of happy folks. Do you know why? Because they're under condemnation. Conversely, if you go down death row and you walk down a cell block with a little piece of paper in your hand and then you finally come up to the assigned prisoner and you say, do you know what this is? And he says, no, what's that? This is a governor's pardon. Do you want it? It's yours for the taking. He signed it with his own blood and all you have to do is reach out and receive it. From that moment, you'll no longer be under condemnation. I mean, what fool wouldn't take it? What fool wouldn't reach out and say, I want it. Let me have it. And yet, when they consider standing before the universal court of heaven, so many prefer condemnation. It makes no sense at all. Makes no sense at all. And folks, it's time for us to take our, our last break of the night. Stay with us. We'll be right back. It's the Sword of the Spirit podcast.
forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. I said unto you, that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, 
when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast, folks. Uh, We're studying condemnation versus judgment. So we're going to go over to our last example for uh, tonight, our last point, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. I know this is kind of a short message today, but that's okay. 1 John chapter 3. Failures in friendship, don't condemn yourself. Just judge yourself. Make up your mind that you're going to do better next time. Failures in the flesh, don't condemn yourself. Judge yourself. Do better next time. And then finally, failures in the flesh. I'm sorry, failures in faith. Failures in faith. Do you want to be happy people? Then understand that there's no condemnation. That's the secret. That's one of the greatest things that we can, as a believer, appreciate, that there is no condemnation. Failures in faith. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 20. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Has your heart ever condemned you? Of course it has. Well, why? Because it's deceitful and desperately wicked. Isn't that what Jeremiah says? It's up to no good. Don't trust it. Don't believe it. Don't depend upon it. Your heart is very unreliable. Verse 21, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. Now, one of the things that people wrestle with in that whole thing is that is the, am I saved or am I lost? It's a tragic thing that some people fall into some kind of heretical theological trap that keeps them wandering around in some kind of doctrinal theological abyss. When that happens and and someone falls into that trap, then from day to day they can never figure out if they're saved or if they're lost. And let me tell you some of the tragedies of that. First of all, they'll never be a witness for Jesus Christ. See, as long as you're trying to figure out if you're saved today and lost tomorrow, what have you got to offer? You've got absolutely nothing to offer. Until you get that nailed down and you have an absolute assurance in your heart that you're under no condemnation, you'll never be a witness for Jesus Christ. All right, let's look back at verse, uh, verse 1 of 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. 
Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And won't that be a glorious thing? To see the Lord Jesus Christ as he is? Failures in faith. Some people have failed in friendship. Some have failed, we, we, and we've all failed in the flesh. And then failures in faith. You know, lack of confidence is lack of faith. Is your heart condemning you? Then you need some faith. Go over to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. You're already in 1 John. Just go over two chapters, chapter 5 and verse 11. If you're depending on how you feel to secure your salvation, then you're barking up the wrong tree. Because again, your feelings will deceive you. They'll fool you. They'll lead you astray. They're utterly and absolutely unreliable. You cannot depend on your feelings. What you have to depend on is the written Word of God. What does God say? I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, well, I just don't feel saved. Well, my general answer to that is when someone says that to me is I kind of look at them with this really exaggerated, forlorn, sympathetic look and say, well, I don't feel saved either. They never know how to respond to that. (laughs) But I got to tell you, there are times that I don't feel saved. Like when the guy on the expressway really nearly ran me off the road just to get around me, I said, you dirty I didn't feel saved. What I felt was, was mad, angry. And there are lots of things. I don't always feel saved. That's not the place to go, folks. When you have doubts and failures of faith, please, please listen to me. Don't go to your emotions. Don't go to your heart. Don't go to your feelings. Go to the unalterable, totally reliable Word of God. That's where you go. We ought to have enough sense to know that. Anything that we're going to to secure is secured in a covenant or a contract in this country, right? How many of you have ever owned a vehicle? Well, Well, you and the bank owned it, right? You finally got it paid for. Wasn't that a good feeling? Sure it was. Sure it was. I, I, could, I could tell you firsthand. I just, uh, last year I paid off my car. I sent that last payment. Man, was that a great feeling. And you said, oh, man, I finally got this wreck paid for. Hallelujah. No more payments. Now, what would have been your response if someone from the bank had come out and said, no, 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 no. It's all wrong. You have to make these payments in perpetuity. You would have said, no, sir, I'm not doing that. I'm sorry, but we feel like you just ought to keep making these payments to the bank. Well, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to go scratching around for is the paper documentation, right? That's exactly what you're going to go look for. You're not going to say, well, I feel and you feel... You're not going to you're not going to have 30 minute discussion on on how people feel. What you're going to do is you're going to say, I'm going to go to the file. 
I'm going to dig out my paperwork, and it says that I had to make 36 payments. I've made them, and I'm done, and I've got the canceled checks. Right? Folks, why don't you apply the same common sense to the failures of your faith and just go to the paper documentation? There it is. There it is. You know, I, I, I know somebody who lives in Colorado, and uh, uh, they came to visit us some time ago uh, before all the inflationary problems and all that stuff took place. I'm talking about a few years ago. And they went to the bank, and they wanted to refinance and take advantage of the lower interest rates. And uh, now their property was divided into three tax parcels, Okay. The house sits on one parcel, and then there were two empty land parcels. So when they got the paperwork back, they realized that the bank put the mortgage on the two pieces that had nothing on them. So technically, the most valuable part wasn't mortgaged. You know, the part with the house and everything that goes with it. And, you know, and all those improvements, none of that was mortgaged. So I remember we had the conversation, and I and I asked him. I said, uh, "So you're going to let the bank know?" And he goes, "He says, he goes, are you kidding me? After all the heartache and headache it took to get this done, do you think I'm going to go drag through all that again? No way." Now he's not trying to treat, cheat them. He he is making their payments, you know. But I thought it was kind of funny. So I asked, "Well, what if the bank woke up and said they made a mistake?" And he says. I would say, too bad, and then I would pull out all the paperwork. There's your seal. There's your authority. Too bad. Too bad. Do you know what some of us need to say to the devil when he comes and taps on your heartstrings and says, well, maybe you're really not saved. Maybe you really haven't trusted enough. You need to say, too bad. Too bad. There it is. Too bad. There is no condemnation, no condemnation. Go over to chapter 5 and verse 11. Chapter 5 and verse 11, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Now, I want you to pay attention to that verse. I love that verse. Not only for what it says, but I use it frequently when people throw this out at me. You know, that King James Bible is just too hard to understand. Did you ever have anybody say that to you? That Bible is too hard to understand. Man, I go right to that verse and I quote it to them. I say, listen to this verse and listen very carefully. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And I said, did you get one thing? Every word in that verse is a one-syllable word. Frankly, I wouldn't admit to anyone that I was so ignorant that I couldn't get a verse where every word was one syllable. That's third-grade stuff right there. There are six-year-olds that can read that verse and understand it. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You got him? Did you receive him? 
Do you have authority and written documentation? Then stop condemning yourself. You can judge yourself. You're instructed to. You're told to. But not to condemn yourself. And then finally, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. And verse 18. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 18. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Why do you bring that up? Well, why did John bring it up? Here's why. The devil is a murderer and a liar from the beginning. Do you know what a murderer will tell you? A murderer will tell you, you don't have life. That's what he'll tell you. But it's not true. It's not true. Self-condemnation is not compatible with happiness. The two cannot coexist. Failures in friendship. Okay, you've had them. Failures in relationships. Yeah, you've endured them. Judge yourself. Learn. Give yourself a score. Purpose in your heart to do better next time, but don't spend the rest of your life condemning yourself. Failures in the flesh? Oh, yeah. We've all had them. And we'll continue to have them. Condemn yourself? No. Judge yourself. Purpose in your heart to do better. Failures of faith? Well, once again, there's no condemnation now, folks. Not when you're in Jesus Christ. He endured and suffered all the, condemn all the condemnation for you. Now, there is someone listening today, I am absolutely confident, who has never really received Jesus Christ. And therefore, in your mind and in your heart, you're still under condemnation, and you know it. And because of that, I think we're going to look at one more passage of Scripture for your benefit. Turn with me over to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. John chapter 3, and of course, the infamous, well-known, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. How many of you have ever watched a Super Bowl or a World Series, NBA Finals, Stanley Cup for the NHL, and saw the guy near the end zone or behind home plate that had with with the with the rainbow wig holding up a big sign that says John three sixteen. Do you remember seeing that guy? Do you know what that guy's been doing all those years? He traveled from sporting events to sporting event to sporting event all over the world. And if you're watching, you'll see that guy everywhere. He always figures out how to position himself so the TV cameras really can't miss him. Now, I don't know how the guy does it. I don't know how he would finance it. I don't know who he is. I, I, I don't know the first thing about him, but you know what? My hat's off to him. 
That guy thinks that that verse right there is the most important thing for you to know. For years, for years, he's been telling the world with his sign and his funky hairdo, John 3.16. But here's where you need to know the rest of the story. Verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now get this. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. It's your choice whether you're under condemnation or not. No one else can make that choice and no one else can make that decision for you. It's entirely up to you. Are you going to believe what God says? And receive it, or are you going to just reject it and throw it away? If you reject it and throw it away, you'll remain under condemnation. What is condemnation? One more time. The act of condemning. The judicial act of declaring one guilty and dooming him to punishment. I was condemned. And Jesus took my condemnation for me as he wants to take it from you. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for today. We want to thank you for the message on condemnation versus judgment. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that if there is one person, even just one person, under the sound of my voice today, that is still living under the condemnation of judgment, that today would be the day that he would accept that pardon that you have so graciously and mercifully provided for us. The shed blood of your precious son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that that one person would call upon the name of the Lord and be saved today and no longer be under condemnation. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for everyone that has been tuning in. We thank you, Lord, for the folks that are in the chat room, the folks that are listening live. And of course, Lord, thank you for all of those that will be downloading and playing the messages later on. And I pray, Father God, that you would use it to your honor, and for your glory, and in the name of your precious Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, thanks so much for tuning in uh, to the Sword of the Spirit podcast today, this beautiful Sunday afternoon. Thank you for taking the time to, uh, to go through the message with me. And I really do hope and pray that if there is someone out there that's hearing this uh, that isn't saved, that today is the day that you settle that matter once and for all. It's extremely, extremely important, folks. You need to be saved. Now, folks, uh, don't forget, check out the website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. If you're able to make a contribution, please do. If not, that's fine. Just pray for us. Until I see you Thursday, Lord willing, God bless you. Have a great day and win the lost at all costs. Take care.
You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.